I, Charles the Fourth, or is it the Third? Bloody man! We will strive for the denazification of the Let me put it to Yes, if you win by one, you've oh, won. The phone went over the side of the phone. Oh, excuse me, I just think everyone should be sure. What the fuck is going on? Part of the ACAST Creator Network and also available on Patreon. Hello, I'm Mark Steele. Welcome to my podcast where each week I ask the question, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck is going on? If public sector workers want to protest, they shouldn't be allowed to disrupt our lives by going on strike. They should do it in ways that aren't so annoying, such as going to work without combing their hair. And that's why their strikes are to be made illegal, although they will still be permitted to express their annoyance by going into the canteen once a month and going... Another problem that's wrecking our services is that so many people in these jobs leave. For example, nurses say they can earn more money working in a supermarket. So this needs to be made illegal as well. If a nurse gets a job in Asda, they have to carry on giving patients a bed bath while they're at the checkout. Then we should take away the right for public service workers to be sick or to die. Just because a train driver has been cremated, there's no reason why their coffin can't be propped up in the front of a train to make sure the public can still take the 755 to Bristol Parkway. And that's why the government has got so many other plans to improve efficiency as well. Soon nurses will have to bring in their own beds for the patients to save the NHS having to fork out for them. And patients having transplants will be asked to perform the operation themselves and they'll be able to order the organs online. So you'll get a liver from Amazon. It'll leave it under a flower pot if you're not in. And then the ambulance service will be sold to Uber. So if you have a heart attack, you'll type in the postcode of the hospital, and then you'll wait until you get a message saying, ambulance has arrived. But you won't be able to find it, so you'll have to call the driver and say, where are you? (coughs) Where are you? And they'll say, I am by Primark. Next to Burger King. And if you don't get there in the next two minutes, they'll drive off because they've got a better job from a woman who's had a stroke. And if there are no beds available, patients will be transferred to the local branch of B&Q, as many of the tools needed for minor operations are the same as those used in home improvement. So you'll call your dad after he's had his gallstones removed and he'll say, it was quite painful. I mean, a a 19-year-old pulled them out with a ratchet spanner in between selling light fittings. And then eventually a law can be introduced that solves the problem of angry public service workers wanting to go on strike because it will make it illegal for them to be angry. So the police will be sent into hospitals and fire stations to check that everybody's complying with the law by being cheerful. And nurses will all have to sing... I've got three million tasks and no protective masks, but I'm happy. The problem will be that there aren't any police to enforce this, as they've all left as well. But we'll do with that another time. The publication of Prince Harry's book has shaken the world more than any event in human history. Now, I'm not an expert on feuding royals, but luckily we have with us somebody who is... George Galloway. Let me put it to you, Prince Harry. Your tawdry volumes claim to conduct a narrative counter to the monarchic hierarchy. It's fraudulent in the extreme. 
I expected the opening chapter to begin. My grandmother, who by the way is an imperialist popinjay whose historic crimes against the mighty peoples of the colonised lands of the Commonwealth shall be avenged in perpetuity by the galvanised multitudes. But alas, instead was an anecdote about a broken dog bowl. Had you consulted myself concerning your internecine regal dispute, I could have availed you of my knowledge of Simon de Montfort's campaign against Henry III, and advised you to amass a rebel army forthwith, rather than do an interview with Tom Bradbury of ITV. Furthermore, your so-called publishers shamefully refused my own manuscript. Galloway's Guide to Cigar Satisfaction, which I have nonetheless released in 1,200 segments on TikTok through the medium of revolutionary dance, such as the mountain hop of the indigenous peoples of Chile. That, Prince Harry, if that is indeed your real title, is why I shall not be buying the pitiful spare and shall instead continue my attempt to complete the crossword in the daily record. As anyone knows, if you've even just, even if you've just at an amateur level tried to find out what the fuck is going on in one of the many sort of local, what the fuck is going on sort of uh, sports clubs that you get growing up around the country, you need expert advice. And we have Maisie Adam. A, a, a northern expert. Wow. Uh, and they are rare. <laughs> I think that's the first time I've ever been introduced as an expert, and I think I'll I'll go on yeah. to, to disprove that theory over <laughs> our chat, Mark. No, well, as we know, the first thing about an expert is that they uh, they don't think they're an expert. Ah. I've got, I'm trying to write this new... I'm trying to write this new joke at the moment. I'm trying to do a load of stuff about my uh, the pub that I used to go in when I was yeah. uh, about... 18 in Swanley and Kent and the different characters and you'd get these blokes who reckon they were new ever. I'll tell you what, there's nothing you can tell me, right? Nothing yeah. can tell me about yeah, engines. Yeah, yeah. I know, there's no one in the world can tell me nothing about And I'm trying to say the, the expert doesn't do that. The, no. the person in the world who knows most about fleas, the professor of fleas at the Biological Institute of bloody San Francisco doesn't go down the pub and go, ask me anything what about fleas. Yeah. Fucking anything. Yeah. I'll tell you mean, how much how are they jump the fucking lot? Well, they're always open to learning more, crucially. Whereas these people yeah. down the pub, it's like they think it's some sort of like uh game where you reach a certain level and then go, I've won. I've won. I've won fees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know now everything there is to know. I've completed it. Yeah. Imagine yeah, yeah, yeah. No, imagine exactly. if like astronauts did that. I've just going, you know what yeah. you need to know now. Nothing yeah. can go Once on done, from here on out. Well, uh, yeah, the sort of blokes I'm talking about, they would do like half an hour's course at, yeah. at NASA. <laughs> and then they go, anything, right, anything about space, right? Fucking everything. I know where the moon is, the fucking lot. And that's that's the be all and end all of it. I know where the moon is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The first thing that uh, we're going to hear your expertise about is, um, so, Wills or Harry then? 
Has it come down to that? Have we got to take a side on one or the other? This is it. I, I was so tempted to go, ask me anything about Royal Family. Go on, ask me anything. <laughs> ask me anything about Royal Family, I'll tell you the answer. Um, what does a king wear on his head? Am I supposed to fucking know that? This is the thing, isn't it? Like, I think so much of the problem around these discussions with the Royal Family, of which there are so many, um, but the, the, the team side of it yeah. is so juvenile. It's so yeah. juvenile because, like, no family is perfect. And if there's a dispute, and I'm trying to think in, like, within my own family, if there was two of my cousins, let's say, who were siblings, weren't getting on, no one in the WhatsApp group would go, oh, are you, uh, are you Team Lily or are you Team Molly? We'd go, gone. I don't know the full, like, ins and outs yeah. of, of what's gone on. Having said that, Mark, like, Throughout the whole discourse of this thing, ever since, what was it called, Megxit, ever since that, I've always been of the kind of opinion, I don't really, I'm not a royalist, and I think it's a mad institution, and I wouldn't wish it on anyone. And I've always gone with the opinion that Harry and Meghan did whatever any couple would do in that situation. Like, if I think, if my... If my fiance, if Mike, if he if he was from this big family, and you know what you're getting into when you join it, I know that. But then, if I'd gone to his family and been like, "I'm really struggling here," and there was no seemingly obvious effort from them publicly to help, I would I would think that it was the right thing, and I'd be really love I'd be really uh touched and grateful if Mike then went, well, sod this, let's go live in California and do, instead of doing charity work that the taxpayers pay for, let's do charity work that we pay for. Then they did the Oprah interview. I thought it was very eye-opening. I thought it was a good interview. I thought that should persuade a lot of the people that think, what on earth were they doing? And get them on side. Then, then there's been now... It seemed like there was like nothing for ages. Then there was an Oprah interview, and now there's been a Netflix series, a book, this Tom Bradbury interview, the Anderson Cooper interview, Stephen Colbert show. That's five, like, suddenly out of nowhere. And the highlight of all of them is that he fell on a dog bowl. Well, this is it. And it's the same. This is it. In each one, it's the same questions and the same answers. Yeah, that, yes, that 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 does that does you do run out. The thing is, I just can't tell. The only times I've been able to tell my story are through a Netflix series and on Stephen Colbert and an Oprah Winfrey interview and an interview with a bloke from ITV and in a book that sold more copies than the Bible ever did and and just all day. And that's the only time I've been allowed to say my words. Like you can't complain about being silenced or not being able yes, to tell yeah, yourself yeah, when like you're that. on the biggest platforms on the biggest public platforms i'd understand if he was heading down to hyde park and standing on speaker's corner every every <laughs> every weekend going i just want to tell my side but it's that's it's coming on... that'll be that'll be that's that's in a couple of years because oh. they gonna it's to keep this going, he's going to have to come up with new revelations, isn't well, he? Well, this is it. He's if, going to have if, to come up with new new things. Like, do you know 
that actually Prince William's actually a woman. He's going to have to come up with like new new things. The the Queen made Meghan sit in a room with a cheetah for four days, just the two of them. This I, is it. Like, if you're going to do different interviews, you have to say different things. If I hear once more about his frostbitten penis, I swear to God. <laughs> And I never thought that would be a sentence that we're saying in 2023. If I have to hear more about our prince's frostbitten knob. Is it a bit... Have you ever done that? I guess you have, mate. I do this sometimes for, if you're doing a tour uh, and you have to do a load of interviews in one day. And there's a yes. couple of times when I've done them in, in, you know, in, a, in a little room at the BBC and you have to do all the local radio ones. Yeah. And you've sometimes done 15 in a day and then a, a voice in your headphones goes... Uh, hello, Mark. It's Nigel here from Radio Derby. How are you doing? And you're sort of, and in the end, you're so, and then I start mucking about and yeah. saying, oh, what's it like in Derby? And uh, I don't yeah. know. And is that is that true that there's a bloody, I don't know, that there's a, uh, that, that there was a unicorn spotted or something like that just to stop going mad? And I wonder if he'll start doing that. He'll be on, he'll sort of end up on Radio Leicester. Well, uh, okay, that was uh, that was the uh, David Bowie with Life on Mars. And now, coming up with the news, we've got Prince Harry. Uh, oh, and all people in Leicester half. Oh, God, so. imagine. Imagine. Even the people like me who, who, who were kind of pro him, and I yeah. say that without being team one or the other, just understanding why they did what they did. I think you're now in a little bit of danger of going, you're looking like you sort of want your cake uh and, and well, do they, are there more things though they would they have like a coloring book and that where you color in his frostbitten penis oh, is there like loads and loads of stuff coming Thicker coming books, out dot to dot yeah. puzzles yeah where's wally of where's harry <laughs> if it was a where's wally but a where's harry and it's like all the events he's not been invited to and you have to sort of yeah. find him in the crowd somewhere <laughs> instead <laughs> At the coronation, yeah. there'll be like 100,000 people there. Where's yeah. Harry? And he'll just be no, behind, a, behind a, a woman uh, from Guildford. He's there by the tube station. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that's, yeah, well, that's what the fuck is going on. Yeah. And I agree. I mean, I sort of do think, I think it does expose the madness of yeah. the monarchy and the system. And I think um, the central problem, it seems to me, is this. You can only be royal if you believe that there is a reason why you are superior. You have to believe it. You can't just go, oh, well, blimey, I seem to have been handed this job and that. You've got to believe. Otherwise, you wouldn't go through all the pageantry, the constant daily pageantry of not being able to go into that. That's what caused it, wasn't it? Megan wants to go out. No, you can't because the, the etiquette is you've got to do this and this and this and this and this. Yeah. You can yeah. only believe that if you genuinely believe that your bloodline is superior to everybody else's. This is it. Ultimately, because God has anointed you. I think it was um, uh, Athena Kuban, who, who, as you know, is a, is a fantastic um, comedian. She wrote a tweet yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, reflecting on the comment he made where he said, it's not racist, it's unconscious bias in that family. It's not racism, it's unconscious yes, bias. Yes, I saw that, And yeah. she said, I don't think there's a family that's sort of more 
conscious of its bias. It literally thinks it's superior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not, not yes. unconsciously walking uh, around the palace yeah. going, how did these gold things go? Oh, there's a crown on my head. Oh, I get a crown. Oh, I'm so unconscious to it all. Oh, people are bowing to meet me. I have sort of softened, I think, to the point that I now, I used to, you know, when I was an angry young sort of thing, oh, fuck a lot of them. And now I do sort of think, when I hear people go, well, I feel sorry for them, I sort of do, really. I think that it can't be much of a life. You have to be, I think even the Queen had to pretty much abandon all her emotions and yeah. just deal with duty. And I think they would be happier. I think if you really like the royal family, you would want the thing replaced. If and, you love um, something, let it go. Let it go. That's exactly. it. That's it. <laughs> but if you love them, why would you want them to be living this sort of um, imprisoned, which is really what it is because you can't, you can't choose to leave. Look at the two times somebody has chosen to leave with Edward VIII abdicating and Harry choosing to step back. And he wasn't even an heir. So it's not, when everyone kicked off, I was like, he's not even the one that's going to be in charge, in inverted commas, one day. But I do think he's, for all of his sort of um, weird uh, anecdotes and, and odd ways of phrasing things and perhaps naive ways of phrasing things, I do think he's the most normal out of the lot of them in that he has looked from the inside and managed to clock what a weird world yeah, yeah, he's yeah, in. Yeah. And that's got to yeah, be something. Exactly. You don't realise something's weird if you're in it, do you? But he's clearly looked around and gone, this isn't right, I'm off. People in cults, I mean, or people in sort yeah. of all sorts of groups and you excuse things that you shouldn't, you know, I was in a left-wing group for ages and and people would say, that's a very odd thing that's yeah. just happened and I'd go, oh, I'm sure it's all right. And then yeah. like you think, no, that was mad. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I wasn't, I, I didn't even rely on them for a palace. No, no. Good, good, good to have that cleared up. <laughs> Now I've got to ask one other question. You're so you're about, uh, about to go off. Well, you're about to do lots of things, but one of the things you're about to do is go and do some shows in a ski resort. Yeah, yeah. At which there will be someone who's not a million miles from this podcast. Yes, Elliot's there as well, isn't he? There's a few. Yeah, I think yeah. they've got. Um, um, it's somewhere in the French Alps, and we get to go. We get to go for a week, and I think we've got to do two shows. So listen. In a cost of living crisis, when someone says, do you want to come and do two shows for a week of skiing? I'm, I was already on the plane, Mark. I was already on the tarmac checking in. I, I, I'll i confess to just an element of jealousy there because uh, at the sort of... When I'd been going a similar amount of time in the world of comedy, yeah, uh, I remember thinking... I remember I got asked to go and do a gig in Ipswich <laughs> and I thought... Oh, I was really excited. I thought, oh, there's a gig in Ipswich Listen, now. Listen, Mark, Ipswich I... has long been known as the Alps <laughs> of the UK. <laughs> no skiing there. It's East Anglia, isn't it? I'm not to say the ski. Oh, the really, really, the, the worst business person in the world. Well, we set up this ski resort in Suffolk and I mean we just don't hardly get anybody there at all and we've got a bobsleigh run and you can complete it in seven weeks you have to push the thing you have to push yourself along it's a very good workout push yourself along to get and then you get off at Southwold and there's a wonderful view what else are you doing that we should know about well 
as soon as I get back from that uh, uh, lovely opportunity, I'm going on tour, Mark. I, I was originally on tour in the autumn. It was my first proper, like, major tour. Um, and I was doing 33 dates. And I had no idea how it would go. I did Edinburgh with it first and then went on tour. And it went it went so well and was so nicely received. We've gone for another 30 dates. So as soon as I get Brilliant. back from this ski thing, um, I'll, I'm on tour from 31st of January right through to mid, mid-March. And then I'll go and do Melbourne. So it's it's a really exciting time oh, for God, me. Oh, wonderful. Well, we'll probably, be, we'll, we'll probably be crossing backwards and forwards. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, so much, mate, Adam. And uh, you will be out on tour for another 30 shows once you're back from skiing. And I would recommend every single person that listens to this should go along to it. Well, oh, cheers, Mark. Thanks for having me. Thank you. We're two weeks into January and already a lot of people are struggling with their New Year's resolutions, especially this woman who I overheard in a cafe. Well, I heard Richard Maidley on Good Morning Britain say we should all be doing dry January, but it was terrible timing because Samantha's got her book launch and we had all the mums round on Tuesday to celebrate Nectarine getting a B for her custard and home economics. So I said to the nanny, well, you can do dry January for me. So we made her bring in the new year with a glass of ice cubes and I must say I feel better already. And Colin has to keep drinking because he's head of marketing for Pringles across the whole of the Rygate area, which means he's out every night. So I have to open a bottle of wine because I don't want him drinking on his own. And Calvados, our homeopath, said if you get a glass of Prosecco and add one drop of gin to it, that means it doesn't contain any alcohol at all. So I've been drinking that every night and I feel as fresh as a daisy. And then the other morning I had to drink a bottle of vodka because I found it in Nectarine's school bag and I didn't want her getting into trouble because she's doing ever so well at the moment. She's so ingenious. Last week for her science project she made some crystal meth and Colin would be awfully proud of her because she's been selling it across the whole of the Rygate area. But now the head teacher's called me in for a meeting about something or other as if I haven't got enough on my plate but that's the trouble with some people. It's just me, me, me. Excuse me. Could you put some tequila on this sourdough toast? Oh, what the fuck is going on? Thank you so much to all those of you who are now supporting us on Patreon. It is because of you that we can continue the vital quest to find out what the fuck is going on. If you would like to join these wonderful, virtuous, radiant, saintly people for as little as £2 a month, just follow the link on our Twitter page or go to www dot patreon.com and type in what the f is going on or to really know what's going on for just four pounds a month you'll get a longer ad free version ad free in these filthy days of the episode with extended interviews and bonus sketches and this week there's fred truman on how they had proper strikes in his day and you'll get it on friday nights unlike everybody else who has to wait miserably until saturday mornings so go to www.patreon.com and type in what the f is going on to join the wtf community and now the the part of the week that is the greatest fun for me, and I'm sure it is for all of you, when I have to read out some announcements. And I know that you love this. There'll be announcements. If if this was a live show, this would be the bit you'd enjoy because I'd be telling you which doors to go out of if there was a fire and all of that, which and even that, it's so pointless. Comics 
when they get when they're doing this, they know to say certain things. Oh, I've got to tell you about the fire. I wouldn't worry about it. What's the chances of there being two fires in the same theatre in the same week? They all do like jokes like that. And, uh, you know, in the event of a fire, just fucking run through the door, all of that sort of thing. And yet somehow we have the conceit is we have to do it. So here is the the announcements for this week. I feel like there ought to be heralds and that flags coming down from bugles uh, for the announcements. I don't, I'm sure they did. They must have done this in the old days. These poor swords must have gone into a town square. Boom, boom, boom. Hear ye, hear you. And everyone thought, oh, fucking hell. I'm just enjoying my morning at the market buying some liver and mash that seems to have quadrupled in price. And all of a sudden, I'm just in, I'm just enjoying myself in the market here, just wandering around, buying some mead or whatever people did in villages in 1740. And now suddenly there's someone going, should a fire occur within these market squares, exits shall be pursued that exist in yonder... Oh, fucking shut up! There is a live show. Not only that, but this is pointless. There's a live show at the comedy uh, venue, the Bill Murray, uh, on January the 24th. Now, I'm sure it'll be uh, it'll be marvellous, but it doesn't matter because... Um, well, it does matter if you're going, but mostly won't be because it's only small and the tickets have all gone. There we are. Um, here are some other things that you can't buy tickets for, uh, a, a specially um, local Harry Styles gig in the back room of a pub somewhere, only 30 tickets, they all went. Now, also, I'm going out on, on tour all sorts of uh, places, starting in Derby. Oh, there's, there's 26 tickets left for that at the moment as I'm doing this. Might be less by the time. Might be more. There might be people go, I I really like the announcements. I don't like the way you put them down. And they've already bought a ticket for you in Derby. So now I'm bloody handing it back. So there might be more. Who knows? Uh, here are some questions people have been sending in. Martin at Smart UK says, what the fuck is going on with UK launch space rockets? So this is, I believe, a virgin rocket that was supposed to be launching off from from Cornwall. There is quite a British space industry, but what I found, when I went to the Isle of Man to do an in-town show in Douglas about 10 years ago now, amazingly, I discovered the Isle of Man, the Isle of Man has a space industry for some reasons, probably to do with tax. Lots of space companies moved to the Isle of Man. And uh, in fact, there was a uh, there was a list in some sort of space magazine drawn up of the oh I know no there was a betting company that were taking bets on the next country to put somebody a human on the moon and I think it was like the the favourite was China second was India third was Russia fourth America and fifth was the Isle of Man and <laughs> not only that but David Icke wrote about this uh he wrote about he wrote an article about the isle of man's space program and he said it's come about because the isle of man would be where because there were uh, the, the earth is running out of helium and uh all right this is what he wrote isle of man based space explorer uh, 
Exploration Company, Excalibur Almaz Limited, is currently storing two space stations at a hangar. This is David Icke writing. It is my belief through lengthy research that the Isle of Man is the remnant of Atlantis. At the time Atlantis was destroyed, the people of Atlantis were mining for helium on Saturn. And <laughs> that, I mean, that's, oh, you've got to admire that. He hears about a space company in Isle of Man and from there gets the, oh, yeah, I know what that is. They can't pull the wool under my eyes, mate. There's the bloody helium you're trying to get. And then it was, there was something about the helium was needed because this is where the ancient Saturn aliens uh, used to fly their spacecraft using this helium. And that's how they got the pyramids that they made in their sort of advanced society over here. They, they brought them on spacecrafts that were carried by uh, helium. <laughs> he even says, therefore, the Saturn aliens have claimed the Isle of Man as a holy place. And that is why he wrote, the Queen is the Lord of Man and wears a Saturn hat. And I've said in the programme, every time I read that, I found myself going, my old Queen's from Saturn. She wears a Saturn hat. And when she's mining helium, her voice goes up like that. David Cecil on Twitter asks, what the fuck is going on with whisks these days? Or should we be more proactive at combining utensils from different ends of the culinary spectrum? Now, he sends a picture, which I will describe to you, is a whisk. And it's got a bottle opener at the end, in case you sort of... <laughs> well, the thing is, I like... It always gives me a first. And I like to open a bottle of beer while I'm while I'm making me scrambled eggs. And so there's a bottle opener at the end of the whisk. I agree. I absolutely uh, I absolutely agree. This is He calls himself confused from Melindy, which is in the Indian Ocean. Maybe that's a, a thing there. I, I don't know. Um, that you, when you're mixing up Angel Delight with your whisk, then you generally they like to pour in half a bottle of Newcastle Brown Owl into it, and therefore you need to combine the two. And... Um, uh, but yeah, I think we need more things that combine the two. There you are, F.W. Taylor. That'll be efficient. A lawnmower with a fridge on the end. So halfway through the garden, you're going to get yourself some fresh spring onions. Uh, yeah, things like that. A, a, a washing machine with a welding shop on the end. So uh, look, while you're waiting for the for the spin dry to complete its cycle, you can. Uh, Oh, yeah, you can weld things. I was trying to think of something cleverer than that, but you'll have to do that. Shawnee C on Twitter says in response to last week's episode, um, this episode would be great without the swearing, which doesn't add to it. And I do apologise, Shawnee C. I'm really, really sorry that a podcast called What the Fuck is Going On has swearing in it. It's absolutely, uh, absolutely unnecessary. And also, last week we were talking about a, a game called Cunt or Wanker and why that has to involve swearing. Uh, it's just beyond me. So uh, I've very much taken your, um, I've very much taken your comments on board. Someone else on Twitter has nominated Richard Maidley as a straddler, someone who is a cunt and wanker. Nope, 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 wanker. It's really, really rare. I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but no. What the fuck is going on? Now, as anybody knows who tries to work out what the fuck is going on, it is essential to have the voice of the youth. Uh, now, sadly, we don't have that, but we do have someone who is 26, who 26 and a bit years ago, I bred specially for the purposes of being youth, but I didn't realise he'd get this old. Elliot Steele. 
Hello. Uh, what youthful things have you been doing this week? Uh, I, I went for a nice dinner last night. That was nice. Right, now, because you were, I don't think, when you've told me about this, I don't think I've ever been anywhere like this. What was it? Uh, it was called St. John. Right. It was, a, it was a quite a nice restaurant. I took, took my girlfriend. Right. It was the food. And was what good. was it? The food was good. What sort of stuff then? It's like British food, but very uh, elevated. I think they'd say. So you'd have bone marrow on toast, but it was all that it was done really nicely, and then bone marrow on toast. Yeah, and then I had li- liver and mash. What's that then? It was bone marrow. Liver and mash, yeah. like you get that, like we used to get down the. The Crystal Pantry. Yeah, 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 things like that. But it's all done very elevated. Yeah, you know, the, tra- the the old sort of transport cafe where yeah. like bloke with a fag would go, would you want, mate? Mate, an egg and beans, fried slice? That go on, get that after it, mate. That wasn't that great, but then I had this duck thing that was good, and then there was like this other like fish thing that was good. So you had bone marrow and toast yeah. and liver and mash. Yeah. And then a fish thing. Yeah. What was that? A fish finger. I don't know. No. Fish finger with pea. No, it was in like it was in like its own ink and stuff. It was all really good. But <laughs> that you go in there and everything's just white. Like the whole thing's like white. The whole point is is like it just looks like a plain cafeteria. You don't uh, have it. It looks like a plain yeah, cafeteria, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it serves liver and mash. Is it, did you go to the Crystal Pantry, <laughs> well, and at night it becomes Saint John's, and instead of charging three pound eighty, they charge two hundred and sixty quid? I can't fucking believe it. These twats come in here. Well, it, 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 it's in Farringdon, and it's like it's like fifteen. I don't know. It's like fifteen quid a dish or something. Like it's it's it, you know right, but it, it's not as expensive as it could be. But it's still expensive, and then. What, 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 that, like the waiters, they just kind of come over whenever, but then at the end, I still had to give them a tip. And I was like, What the fuck am I? What the fuck? And like, I've never been, you know, like I think it's Mr. Brown in the beginning of Reservoir Dog, where you're like, Well, I don't believe in tipping because this, this is, and, and to, to be honest, I don't get why I have to tip anyway. Like, I don't understand it. Like, when you really think about tipping, it's why the fuck am I paying you? You work here. Take it up with them. What are you like? What am I paying you for? I'll go get because the, they don't I'll get, get, get the shit myself. Have the chef shout over to me. Hey mate, your food's here, and I'll walk over and grab it. I don't need you. Why? Why am I giving you like fifteen percent of the amount of a meal to do your fucking job? I don't tip a train driver. They, I don't. A, a pl- I would tip the plane, the pilot of a plane. Because that's that's a skill. You flew me to a destination. You have moved somewhere, picked up a plate, and put it in front of me. And now I have to give you money because there's a social contract that if I don't, I'm tight. Right. Do, do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just. Well, it depends on different cultures. We're about in the middle here. In, uh, the, the French are not big on on tip. Paris is not huge Japan on tip. They think rude. it's quite peculiar. Japan is very rude. Right. They see it as uh, you're saying that I don't earn enough money that I need your charity. So they're over there. Like, there's a Japanese restaurant in London that I, I go to sometimes when I'm doing the store and stuff. And like in between the show, I go there, and it's great. But they, it's so Japanese, they're like, do not tip. Like, we do not accept tips. I remember the poshest place I went to a few years ago, uh, and I was with Shappy and a, a, law, a lawyer 
friend of mm. hers or something or friend of mine, I can't remember. But anyway, but this this very rich lawyer and we went to a posh place. And I think it's possibly, in fact, I think it's probably the best acting I've ever done when the bill come that I just sort of looked at it and went, hmm. Yeah. When inside I was going, what the fuck? Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck! Oh my fucking God! I'm going to have to fucking sell the car. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, I I was like lucky that I had like a bunch of gigs pay recently that I'd forgot I'd done. So I was sat there. So when the bill came, I was like, oh, cool. All right. And this place isn't ridiculous, may I add. It's not, it, it, it's not like, you know, but it is, the, they do have like a 4,000 pound bottle of wine, like that you can get, like there are those sort of things on the menu. But if you're not one of the absolute top, wine experts in the world it's pointless i most people i wouldn't be able to tell a four thousand bottle of wine from a 15 pound bottle of wine other than the fact that suddenly i had to find three thousand nine hundred and eighty five pounds from fucking somewhere in order to bloody fund this stupid indulgent shite what i know about wine is it is it's like um it's like there's like certain things within cigars or any of those sorts of stuff or even whiskey. So the little bit I know about whiskey is like we've got some good whiskeys there. And like I've got some nice bottles of whiskey that I can tell the difference between that and a bottle of Glenfiddich, like Glenfiddich, which is nice, and the difference between yeah, that's that, right. a, 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 a Balvenie. Like you can, you know, you can tell the difference with that. There is a difference. But Glenn Phillips, there's lots of different ones. If you get an old one, that can well, be there's like... One that, there's one that goes for like 50, 60 grand. That's like a 50-year-old Glenn Fiddich. But it's not <laughs> It's not about the fact that it's It's not to do with that it's better. It's just the limited availability of it. That once that's done, it's done. You will never have that again. So that is the same... Uh, with- do you know what? Every product should do this. There should be like some Kit Kats... That are six hundred and fifty quid because they're like they're really they're really really oh no this one the the because the biscuity bit was you know it it's it comes from a special sort of um special bit of flour that you can only get in in the northeast of Scotland. Well, prime prime's the example of that this week. Sorry, that bottle that drink prime. That's like. You know, the scarcity of that is why... It's so what is Prime then? What is this? I've seen sort of a little video of everybody going absolutely nuts in a shop for it somewhere, in an Asda or something. Yes, well, it's Logan, Paul and KSI. They teamed up to make a drink. Like, it's basically a Lucozade-esque drink. And they're, they're two of the most famous people in the world right now. You, you'll never kind of get fame. You've, no one's kind of been famous like this before. Um to like a group of people. Like I know you had back in the day when it was only five channels, you could be a certain kind of famous, but this is a different level of fame. Like their circle of influence is so big. They own, you know, the side men, the group that they're in own like a burger chain, but they also do boxing matches, matches that professional fighters fight on for world titles as, a, as an under, as the, not the main event, like as a, co, as a co-headline event, like they are, they are so big. So that's, you know, I, if Elvis could come back, he would think, what, I, I could have done this sort of thing. Yes. And Elvis, then Colonel, Colonel Tom Parker could have made Elvis, even more money. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, Elvis, I guess Elvis, but Elvis was like the first ever famous person, really. Like the first ever mega famous person. So it, it, 
Bill Burr says it like what's interesting about Elvis is he falls into every pitfall of fame that there is because he was the first yeah, yeah. they didn't know how to navigate it so your manager's taking all your money you're getting into drugs you're getting into drink you're eating too much and then you think you start making shit things because because no one around you can tell you that this is shit like you fall into everything that you shouldn't do when you're famous or successful um so yeah but they yeah but this prime drink- i mean the next thing he started i think at one point uh when he's even when he started getting just a little bit of success instead of a, if he wanted to go for liver and mash he went for like a really posh stupid restaurant the liver and mash was a mistake i i, I admit to that i i it was it was an error it was i did start eating it oh, what the fuck have i done this for <laughs> see i think there is another there is a sort of fake there is a fake sort of radical working class thing which is <clears throat> which is like what's the matter oh there's one of them fucking posh cafes yeah, up the road yeah, yeah, where you yeah, get yeah. croissants and shit like that what is wrong with beans on toast with mould in it yeah. that's proper bloody working class food fish fingers that have gone four months past their sell by date proper fucking food there is that and I think that um uh, uh, yeah, somewhere in the middle, I think. Would that, I'd like I, to I sit. wanted to touch on that because you have a feel like you kind of go into these places and everyone there was like, they weren't dressed immaculately posh. It wasn't, you know, you weren't going for tea, you, you weren't going for tea at the palace or whatever. It was just, you know, I'd, but you, it, it was, there was like people next to us where you were like, oh, you've been here a lot. Like you come here regularly. Like this is a regular occurrence for you and stuff. And, and things like that. It was it was quite interesting. I know, you know, it, it's quite elitist for me to sit here and go, you know, these things, but it, it, it is something that is worth trying. I think you should one time. And I went there because Anthony Bourdain liked it. So that was the reason I went there because he recommended it on his show. I went to a couple of places with Matthew Norman, yeah. who was uh, very recently on this podcast because he was a restaurant critic and mm. uh, he had to take someone every week. So half a dozen times over the years, I went with him. And there was one, and it was a day I was writing a column and it was right in the middle of summer. And he was reviewing this new restaurant that started in Liverpool Street that was exclusively just seemed to be for city people, mm. banking people, very, very posh. And I finished because I was in a rush. And I used to cycle everywhere in them days. So I got on my bike. And as I was going up the steep hill that's just near this house, this lorry came oh, past yeah. and shoved me. I actually bloody pushed me into a hedge and I fell off. My bag fell off. And uh, I just, I was in such a rush. I just quickly got the bag together and a couple of things fell out. I thought I'd bloody put them back in. And then I carried on, cycled there as quick as I could. And I got there and met Matthew there. And I said, Right, Matthew, I know I look, I looked an absolute state. I was covered head to foot in sweat. Right. I had this filthy tatty shirt. I had my shorts on, cycling stuff. I said, don't worry, I'm going to go. I've got all my stuff in the bag. I'm going to go into the toilet and I'm going to get changed. So I'm respectable for this place. And I went down there. There was all pipe music and someone said, yes, sir, would you like me to, you know, would you like to hold your penis for you, sir? Well, that's one of them places. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I looked in my bag and there's no shirt. And I thought, oh, shit, I must have left it in that hedge. <laughs> so I had to come out absolutely drenched in sweat, absolutely dripping. I looked like, I, I in the Crystal Pantry, yeah. I would have looked like they'd have thrown me out yeah. for being too scruffy. And I was surrounded by these bankers, and this meal was like 200 quid, and we weren't paying for it or something. But mm. it was, yeah. Anyway, that was my little, that was probably the most rebellious thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Elliot Steele. 
thank you so much for listening to this podcast if you've liked it rate it and if you can be bothered write a review if you can't be bothered absolutely spend all day very carefully writing a review checking several times for punctuation if there is anything at all that you think i should be finding out what the fuck is going on with it please send me a message on twitter at wtf is going on pod and we will look at every message that you send if you'd like to become a wtf supporter and get early access to ad free extended versions for as little as two pounds a month please visit our patreon page what the fuck is going on was hosted by me mark Steele, with my guests Maisie adam and elliot Steel. Voices by Sarah Alexander. It was written by Mark Steele and Pete Sinclair. Music by Willie Dowling. It was produced by Mike Benwell. What the fuck is going on was brought to you by WTF Productions. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com. We make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.